good afternoon, Top Fans. It's Bill from Top Fan Ravelry, and I've got another Before the Bigs for you. We've got uh, Eric in the house, and he's going to tell you a little bit about where he coaches from. But, Eric, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Looking forward to it. Yeah, you bet. Uh, Eric, so tell me a little bit about you. Tell me about where you coach. Yeah, uh, I'm the head baseball coach at Orange Lutheran High School. I've uh, been at Orange Lutheran now for 14 years, uh, since 2008. Uh, I was in, born and raised in Southern California, played high school and junior college ball in Southern California. Played, ended up going up north and uh, playing at Sonoma State University, uh, where I met my wife. So uh, lived up there for about 12 years, got hired as a head coach at a, at a small public school in Sonoma County at 22 years old. And... Uh, been coaching ever since. So uh, this is actually year 24 for me as a head high school coach, but 14 at Orange Lutheran. The rest is history, right? Exactly. <laughs> there you go. So coach, tell me, uh, you know, you and I kind of chew the same fat. We talked offline for a little bit. Um, we're, you know, roughly in the same age bracket. Tell me how the game has changed since we were playing it to what you're coaching to today. Yeah, I think uh, I think the game's changed a lot, you know, especially at the higher levels. I think at the high school level, um, especially here in Orange County, I, I think it's pretty similar. Um, I think it's, you know, there's a bunch of coaches here in Orange County that, that really try to um, be a little old school. I think we've all adapted a little bit, tried to make some changes. But when you watch the major league game, I think it's definitely changed. You know, I think... Um, you know, the biggest one that everybody talks about is just how the, you know, the strikeout's okay now. Uh, I think when I was younger and growing up, you know, it was, it was all about team and winning. And now it's about, you know, um, the self-serving a little bit. What, I, what highlight I can post on social media or somebody can post about me, um, you know, yes. whether, whether it's the bat flip or, you know, it's the celebration on the mound or it seems like, that's what gets people money now is the attention, right? At the, at the major league level. It's like, can I create um, an image that people are going to follow and people are going to buy tickets to come watch me because of something I might do. And it's not always because of what you do on the field, you know, yep. as far as hitting a home run or doing something. And so I think that, um, you know, the game has changed in that way and that it's very self-serving, which is hard to watch um, at times. Um, you know, um, we, as high school guys, I think it's, it's really tough when you're working with teenage kids who are watching, you know, all the highlights, whether it's sports center or social media or wherever you see, and everything is about, you know, the act after the actual, um, <clears throat> execution of a play, mm -hmm. you know? And, and so that's taken from the game a little bit, in my opinion, but the game itself, you know, I mean, it's still, in my opinion, the greatest game because of all the little battles that you have in a game, <clears throat> the mental challenges, the individual and team component of it, just, you know, there's so much strategy and so many different things. You know, you look at a lot of these sports, you know, and not to take anything from them because they all have their own positive things, but you look at, you know, a lot of sports and, and you can tell who's going to win before the game starts just based on, you know, the physicality of a team or, you know, and in baseball, shoot, you know, the best teams lose 60 games a year in the major leagues, you know? And so you never know what's going to happen in, on any given day. You learn from, you learn something new each and every day, as long as we've been around the game, you know, you're still learning things and, and seeing things. So 
I mean, the game itself is, is amazing. I just think the way that we, um, you know, play it now is a little bit different, but times change, you know, and I think it's adapting and, and being able to, um, move in that new direction and use all the, the great things that come with the new technologies and everything that we have available to us too. It's, you know, it's not all a bad thing. I don't want to make it sound like I'm negative and all old school. I think there's a lot of great things with the new school. I just think that, you know, sometimes the winning has gotten pushed to the side for the self gratification, which is tough sometimes. Yeah, it is. It's, I agree with you. It's, it's tough sometimes to watch. Right. But it's, um, you know, I, if somebody were to ask me that question, I'd say, where's the little ball gone, right? Where's yeah. the, the butt and steel and things like that? Everybody's trying to go yard. Well, right? and I think, and I think that's why college and high school baseball is so fun to watch and, and yep. be a part because that's still there, you know, and I get it at the major league level, you're not getting paid to bunt, you know, nobody wants to see that. So <laughs> it's, you know, the thing, the thing that goes with what I'm talking about is, you know, the, the major league um, game is, is more entertainment. You know, it's more about the entertainment because that's what pays the bills. And it's a, it's a way of living for those guys, you know, so so it's understandable for sure. But the bunt isn't sexy. So, so ask Reggie Jackson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So, Coach, tell me a little bit about what you look for in a player when you're looking uh, at tryouts or when you're looking at a player. What are you looking for in your your athlete? Yeah, for me, it's, you know, there's really three big things um, as a coach, um, you know, and that's number one is the ability to be a good teammate. When we do our tryouts, you know, or when we're practicing, um, the interaction with the players around you tell, can tell you a lot about an athlete. And, and, you know, again, going back to I'm a high school coach and trying to win baseball games, you know, that environment and that culture, if you will, are so important to the success of the team. Um, so the ability to be a good teammate, I, I constantly watch how kids interact with their peers. Um, that's, that's number one, you know, you can, you can tell by watching guys in a dugout on the field, how guys gravitate to them, or they kind of separate themselves from somebody. And so I think the ability to be a good teammate can really tell you a lot about them. Um, number two is, you know, coachability. Um, kids got to be willing to listen, to learn, um, too many times nowadays, you know, young people have coaches for each and everything they do, whether it be pitching, hitting, you know, speed training, lifting, um, arm care, whatever it is, they have a lot of, a lot of people on the outsides now that are, that are influencing them, you know, and, and sometimes that doesn't make them as coachable here. Um, not always, you know, there's a lot of kids that have outside coaches that are very coachable, but there's more than one way to do things. And I think that, you know, we talk a lot about adaptation adaptability and being able to take things that coaches are trying to give you and then put them into use and, and, you know, get better from them is huge. So I want coachable kids. I want kids that are going to be respectful, that are going to listen to coaches that are trying to help them. Um, and I, and it doesn't mean that everything we say or do is a hundred percent right all the time. You know, we, we make mistakes too, but the respect factor in, in how you handle coaching um, and the, and then the ability to take what a coach is, is saying to you and try to implement that is important. So that's number two. And then for me, um, the third thing that's, I think way too often overlooked nowadays is the competitiveness. I mean, uh, you know, I'm a big believer in surrounding yourself with people that want to win and hate to lose. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what we're doing, you know, um, in life, I think that we competition makes us great. 
And, and don't get me wrong. I think losing is definitely got its place and we all need to lose, but we, and we need to learn how to lose. But I think in every little battle, you know, you should have some competitiveness to you because, because everything we do is about competing. Um, you know, and it's not for the glory of the competition and winning a competition. It's because everything is, is a competition, you know, whether it's getting a job, whether it's, you know, um, interviewing for something, whether it's selling something, whatever it is, it's competitive. Somebody else is trying to do the same thing. And I think there's so many life skills in that. So I want competitive kids in the batter's box. You know, they have to be able to compete. Um, you know, we're, we're in this generation. We talked a little bit about it earlier where the strikeout's okay. Well, for me, the strikeout's not okay. I don't want it to be okay. Is it going to happen? Yeah, it's going to happen. But I want kids to understand how to compete in the batter's box. Um, yeah, we, we love the three run homer, but you know, 50% of all accounts are going to hit with two strikes, at least 50% of accounts are going to hit with two strikes. So we need to learn how to compete. Um, so those are the three things really, you know, be a good teammate, be coachable and compete your tail off. I coach, you nailed it. I love that. I, I love, I love, you know, it's okay if you strike out, if you have a competitive at bat, but if you go up there and you don't compete and what I mean by competitive, you and I both know what that means. You just got beat. Physically, you just got beat. But you go back in the dugout, you talk to your teammates, you talk to the coaches, and you go up there the next time and you have a much better at bat and you get on. Yeah. But when you go up there and you just mentally get beat, that's it, it, it doesn't do it for me. <laughs> you're exactly right. We talk about that on preparation all the time. Yeah, it doesn't do it for me. All right, so what do you feel as a coach um, players can do today to increase their abilities? You know, there's so many resources available to kids today. I think um, the biggest thing, and, and I don't think this has ever changed over time. The biggest thing is play, right? Play, play, play. We live in Southern California here and the weather's great and there's opportunities to play baseball 12 months a year. And I think that kids need to play as much as they can. I also think they should stay involved in other sports. You know, by playing, I don't just mean baseball year round. I mean, play other sports year round, but be active. You know, there's a lot of things that can get you away from being active and we want to make the most of our athletic abilities. Well, we need to be active and go out and do it. So number one is play, play sports. Again, being competitive, right? Um, when we're playing sports, everything's, you know, with the idea that you're trying to win and, and that's where the competitive nature is going to get developed. Um, so, so play as much as you possibly can and then hit as much as you can in baseball, you know, um, and, and throw as much as you can. Now, obviously that's, that's, you know, relative with pitchers, especially in the arm care and whatnot, but throwing consistently and throwing a lot is very important for the development of the arm. Um, I think a lot of kids don't do that. We, you know, in this generation, kids play every weekend, but they don't do anything during the week. It seems, you know, travel ball teams don't always have facilities to use where they can go out and practice during the week, but they're playing games every weekend. And so you have young kids that are going out and they are, you know, going max effort on Friday and Saturday and Sunday, but not throwing Monday through Thursday. And it's just not good. You know, um, it's not healthy. We see way too many arm injuries in, in young kids. So I think health is, you know, something that kids really need to be conscious of at a younger age. And it's really on the parents to help with that. You know, so many of us have seen the, the young, you know, 12 year old, that's a superstar, um, throws harder than everybody else. Maybe he's more physical than everybody else. And then he gets to high school and kind of, you know, fiddles out because he got overused as a young player. Um, so I think really being educated on arm care and how to train the arm and develop is huge, 
huge, huge, huge for young kids now. Um, and then when we talk about the playing, you know, I think playing against the best too. I think I kind of live by the model. If you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. I want to be around people that are smarter than me. And I think that baseball players, especially young baseball players, should want to play with players that are better than them. Yes. Uh, again, getting to the competitive nature, you know, um, that's, there's nothing better than, you know, when we run a sprint, when we run a race, we tell kids when they run a 60 yard dash or, you know, at a showcase or a combine, like run with somebody faster than, than you, if you can, you know, um, sometimes you take a little bite to your ego because you didn't win the race, but you're running with somebody faster. Your time's actually going to be faster than running with somebody slower than you. And I think that life's the same way. So I want kids to play at uh, the highest levels they can play against the best competition. And this, you know, this kind of age where we're talking about 15, 14 to 18 year olds, the biggest jump in baseball happens somewhere between those ages of 14 and 18 years old. And you can look just at our program. I talk about it all the time, but you talk about the Trinity league, you know, that we're a part of and the jump from junior varsity baseball, which is, you know, typically 14 to 16 year olds to varsity baseball, that gap, which is then 16 to 18 year olds for the most part at the varsity level is the biggest jump in baseball yeah. uh, from a physical standpoint. You know, um, when we're competing and we're playing games, we're seeing guys that are consistently 90 miles an hour at the varsity level. You know, it's, it's pretty, um, pretty common there. And if you think about to the major leagues, you know, the average fastball in the major leagues is probably somewhere around 94, 95 right now. But if you go the, so you're talking a four or five mile an hour difference between high school varsity baseball and, and the major leagues. But if you go from high school varsity baseball in the Trinity league, where you're talking a lot of fastballs in the upper eighties, touching 90 down to junior varsity, where most guys are going to be 78 to 80 miles an hour at the junior varsity level, it's a 10 mile an hour gap. So that jump is huge. And I think that young kids, like sometimes I go off on tangents, so I can get talking. Sorry about that. But I think a lot of times young kids dominate when they're younger and then they get a rude awakening when they make that jump from junior varsity to varsity. Because not only is the physical piece so much different, but, you know, you're now dealing, you're competing against coaches that have been watching you, scouting you, exploiting your weaknesses, pitching to, you, you know, the, th- the holes in your um, hot zone, if you will. Um, you know, so that jump, there's just so many differences there. And I think that a lot of kids, when they get to high school, are not prepared for that. So. If you really want to be successful, I think, I think, you know, playing against the best, playing as much as you time, really developing that competitive nature are, are huge factors. I could talk for days. I mean, it, you know, the technical, oh, go ahead. And not to mention coach, not to mention that JV, right. Those are the guys that are still deciding whether or not they want to play. Most guys that are on varsity, they're not, it, it's not the right fielder in little league that, you know, he's got to play three innings to get one at bat. These guys want to be there. And, and nowadays, a lot of these guys have travel teams, like you mentioned. They have a lot of, they have a lot of at bats or a lot of mountain time where they're trying to get to the next level. So you're competing against guys that want to be there for the most part. I mean, some clubs do have you know guys that that aren't that way, but for the most part, isn't that you know pretty much true? Yeah, I think yeah, and I think you know in the Trinity League where where we are, you know, with the six teams in it, there's not a kid in our program that doesn't want to play at the next level. Yep. You know, every one of them wants to play at the next level. So. It's a, it's a great thing. Um, it's a great thing for us. I'm really lucky and blessed to, to have such good kids around that want that. But yeah, when you're talking about the average high school, you know, um, 
team or the average high school player. You're exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so what would you tell a kid then as a coach, you've been around for long enough. You've had scouts around you. You've had guys that have gone to D one schools. You've got guys that have been drafted. What would you tell um, a parent or a kid if they wanted to play professionally and they're kind of coming into your program, what do they need to do over their four year span with you as their coach? Trust the process. That's the, that's the number one. Beautiful. Um, you know, the, the path um, for every kid is a little bit different. And, um, you know, I have, I, there's a great quote that I use all the time. Um, Tim Elmore um, said, it, said it best. And I think is the best message I can give parents is you, you can't pave the path for your kids. You have to pave your kids for the path. And I think that that is so true and sometimes so lost. We all think as parents, you know, and I have two of my own, like we all think that our kids are going to be, you know, the next best, whatever, whether that's major leaguer, NFL, or the next superstar on the stage or actor or actress, or the next president of the United States, whatever it is, we all think that, which by all means is not, is not necessarily a bad thing, but I think um, it's great to set those goals but I think the reality of it is, is we have to prepare young kids to be good people that can make decisions, that can deal with adversity um, and, and grow through it. So for me, yeah, if you want to play professionally, like trust the process, don't get caught up in all the hoopla. You know, you're going to be on social media and kids your age are committing at 14 years old, 13 years old to division one schools. That might be the case for you, but it might not be. Don't get frustrated by that. You know, um, we've had plenty of kids and I can think just off the top of my head, you know, Caden Connor. Um, who's playing first base and left field at Cal State Fullerton right now. I mean, he came to, he came to Orange Lutheran as a 14-year-old kid, and he was probably, shoot, 4'11 and 75 pounds when he was a freshman in high school. And, you know, here are all these kids around him. You know, that same year we had kids that were already committing to Division I universities, and this, this kid you never would have thought twice about it, but just continued to work and work and work. By his junior year at Orange Lutheran, he, was, he became one of those guys we considered to play, Sometimes, and about halfway through the season of his junior year, he was playing every single day. It was like, we can't keep this kid out of lineup. And then senior year, um, you know, has an amazing year as a senior here, ends up getting a scholarship at Cal State Fullerton. And now he's arguably one of Cal State Fullerton's highest, you know, prospects, um, biggest prospects. So the path for him is different. At the same time, we have other kids that, you know, at 14, 15 years old, they're, they're superstars. And that path is going to be different. So I think trusting the path for kids um, and then it goes back to what we talked about developing those skills, how you can continue to get better. Just, um, take it day by day, um, and do the best that you can to, to, to grow in every aspect, right? Um, we want to get better in small increments. It's not about right now. Don't, we don't want the microwave approach where we just put it in and 30 seconds from now it's ready. Like this is a long, slow cook. You know, as a guy that loves to grill, I want that tri-tip to sit and smoke for a long time. And, you know, it's the same thing with a player. Like, yeah. constantly cooking until it's ready. And, and don't worry if it's not ready in the microwave. Like, the good things <laughs> come to those who wait. So, Coach, you're going to make me hungry. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I, I love trusting the process. I love trusting the process. That's great. That's yeah. great. Okay, final question for you. Yeah. Uh, with the exception of the obvious things like drugs, alcohol, those type of things, what would you tell a player to avoid when they're playing for you that would might in essence, stunt their, stunt their abilities or, or slow their process down in trusting that process? What do you tell them to avoid? I think, 
the biggest thing for me is avoid surrounding yourself with people you don't trust. Okay. You know, um, there's a lot of, a lot of people involved in the game of baseball that are going to try to direct you, um, in a different path. And they're going to try to pull you in one direction. You know, if you're a talented kid, you're going to have opportunities to, to do different things. And, you know, I, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but I think when you can surround yourself around people that you trust, it's going to allow for the greatest ability to, for growth. Right. right. Um, and if you don't have a lot of people that you trust in your inner circle that know what decisions you should be making, especially along the way of baseball, you know, then reach out to people that they trust. This, this is a, we always say it's a fraternity in baseball, right? Like there's people that can help everywhere. If I don't have the answers for one of my players, I'm going to reach out to somebody that will. Um, and I think, so that's the biggest thing. Avoid those outside influences. Um, and this includes, you know, people or coaches that tell you, you can't, you can't do this. You can't do that. Um, we all know in baseball how important the mental game is, but I think we're in an era and a generation where the mental health of kids um, really is a direct indicator of performance. And I think when, when we're around people that, that are negative and we get negative feelings, we, it doesn't allow us to reach our potential. You know? <laughs> um, so surround yourself with people that are, that you trust, surround yourself with people that are going to push you, um, but not pet you. You know what I mean? They're going to push you to get better and not just tell you how great you are every day. I, I want to be around people that are going to challenge you to get better. I love it. Well, coach, you've done a fantastic job. Can I, can I invite you back in? Can we do this again sometime? Sure. Let me know. Yeah. yeah it's going to get busy here in the next few weeks, but after that, I'd love to. <laughs> this is going to be great. So top fans, um, Eric's taking some of his time. At, like he said, he's the head varsity coach at Orange Lutheran. They've got a great program over there. In fact, next week, they're going to be in the town next door to where I'm at. So I'm going to go out and catch at least one of their games, if not two of them. Um, we're also trying to do a little fundraising for their program. So if you go onto our website um, and you go to the team store for you parents that are in Orange Lutheran, if you purchase any of our merchandise, first of all, we're going to give you a dollar discount off of it. And in addition to that, we're going to, um, if you use the Orange Lutheran discount code, it'll give you um, a, uh, uh, it will descend, uh, you know, you pay, you get a dollar off, but it will insinuate for you where we're going to donate 20% of that purchase back to the program. So coach, hopefully that helps your program a little bit. Yeah, I right? appreciate it. Every little bit helps. So coach, I'm, I'm so grateful that you spent time with me today. Thank you so much. Let's have you back here soon. We'll talk some more baseball. I love your idea about trusting the process. That's probably the best thing I've heard um, in some of these interviews. This has been great. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. We'll, we'll have you back soon. Top fans, this will be up this week. Uh, make sure that you, you listen. Feel free to make any comments you want on our site. Um, by all means, uh, for you Orange Lutheran high school people, go to the site. Enter the code uh, Orange Lutheran so we can give 20% back to the to the um, school. And I've enjoyed doing this. We'll do this again. Have a good one.